Welcome into a special edition of the Gang Does Fantasy Podcast. Unfortunately, the sweet baritone voice of Taylor Wilson could not host the podcast, but I was available. The Commissioner Reed Foster joined by the third best Foster Jack and joined for the first time making his Gang Does Fantasy Podcast debut. That's right. It's Nicholas Shannon. This is definitely the first time we've recorded this together. Exactly. First time. First time. It was definitely the first time. And so we wanted to make sure that we got Shannon on the podcast before the end of the year because we wanted to make sure that everyone could learn who he is and sort of do an introduction for young Shannon. Now, if you didn't hear it, we already recorded a podcast about the different playoff scenarios. Unfortunately, you will not get to hear it because I did not press record. So you probably did not hear it. Um, Good news. There will be a newsletter out potentially by the time this is, this podcast is up that will explain all of the various playoff scenarios. Spoiler alert, the division and the United's up for grabs, the division and the Marino up for grabs, the wild cards up for grabs. Everyone's still in it with two weeks left to go. The playoffs starts now. And we're really fucking excited about that, but we're, we're even more excited about is the chance to ask 10 questions to Nicholas Shannon. So to start out, I will the first question I have for you. What's your real name? Are you Nick or are you Shannon? My real name is Nicholas Shannon. Most mostly everyone calls me Nick. And I'm also in the army, so I get called Shannon a good bit, but y'all can call me whatever you want to call me. Okay, well this was not in the questions, but this is going this will be a follow-up to number 1, so it's all under one question. Uh, you said you're in the Army. How long have you been in the Army? I've been in the Army National Guard since 2017. I'm going on my sixth year. Gee. Okay. Did uh did you join right out of college or right out of uh, high school? A few months after, yeah. It's the only way I could pay for college. <laughs> Is so the National Guard, I just correct me if I'm wrong, but that means that like you train on like weekends, right? And you're sort of like the backups. You're like the practice way, yes. squad for the army. In a way, do, I mean, they'll do a call up. It's a definitely a misconception thinking that the National Guard doesn't get deployed as much because they do. Uh, one of my units in my battalion, which is you know like the overall group that I'm in, is in Kuwait right now. So it's not like it's never out of the possibility. I was actually supposed to go to Guantanamo Bay in Cuba in 2020, but the whole pandemic kind of altered all that, all those plans. So yes, we do, yeah, we do one, we do one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer, and then we get activated mostly for like state hurricane duties. So like Hurricane Matthew, Hurricane Florence, I had to partake in some festivities for that. So, but that like so you've never had to like you've never had to like kill anyone. No, I've not gotten that far, but it's not. Out of the realm of possibilities for anyone in the National Guard to get to that point, though, is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, God, man, that that sounds awful. No offense. I just – I would never want yeah. to kill someone. I'm not saying that you're – I'm not saying that you would want to either. I mean, you, you know what you signed no, up for. No, I most definitely don't, but yeah. I feel like they mostly work with, like, the Army Corps of Engineers. I have no clue if that's true, but I feel like that's yeah, what I they do. I mean, we all have our own individual – I mean, there's infantry guys in, in the National Guard. I mean, it's – 
the basic training that I do is the same as the army. Like we do, they combine it. It's not like I do my own separate national guard training, you know, initially. And then once you're out of, you know, boot camp and you're in the individual school training, you transition into, you know, either your national guard uh, unit or your regular army unit. Damn. You know, what sucks is that this is too interesting. I got to, I'm going to maintain the 10 questions, but now, we're going to add, it's going to be 10 questions plus a little more with Shannon. Yeah. Uh, now, now I'm thing. a little curious. Yeah. What was the, uh, what's the hardest day of boot camp? Cause I feel like a lot of people say it's the first day is the hardest, but I'm thinking that like the third day when you're a little sore, but still not physically like prepared for this, what, what was the worst day of boot camp? So actually it was pretty much in the middle of boot camp. I'm actually going to tell two stories here. There was a night where, so every night we would go to bed at 2300, which is 11 p.m. in regular mm-hmm. time. And the drill sergeants try to be nice, I guess, that night and said, if, you know, everything was clean. So every night we did a, we would do like a room inspection, like our entire bay, bay inspection, weapon inspection, make sure our weapons are clean because we're shooting them a lot. Make sure our, you know, our uniforms are clean and ready to go. Locker inspection, all, all that good stuff. And bed inspection, make sure the beds are, you know, all tidied up with the way, you know, they want you to fold the corners and all that jazz. So there was one night where, they, you know, they were like, okay, we'll let y'all go to bed at 1900, which is 9 p.m. I'm no, sorry, 2100, which is 9 p.m. And they caught somebody sleeping and they said, okay, since you guys want to sleep, they got like a count of everyone. They said, you guys can go to sleep, but we're going to have formation every single hour on the hour to to ensure that we have accountability. So what they did is like, so we did something called fire guard where two people, it's kind of like a ward. If you're in war, it's something that's implemented where two people are always awake at all times, you know, guarding the bay. And mostly you would just sit there and kind of stare at the door. But so there'd be two, there'd be shifts from like 11 to one, one to three, three to five, and then three to five people responsible for waking everybody up at 4.30 every, every day. So every hour we had to get up and do a formation, different uniform, but your formation is where everyone, you know, lines up and they go over the roster and, you know, they'll make you do push-ups and things. So at, so we, they shut the lights off at 9 p.m. and at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., Midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. We'd do like a 15, 20-minute, you know, smoke session where they'd make us do, you know, push-ups, jumping jacks, all that stuff. And then we'd go back to sleep for 30, 40 minutes and wake right back up. And we had to change uniforms every single time from our PTs to our – we had like a battle uniform where we had like our heavy vest and our helmet. I mean, it was pretty brutal just having to wake up every – you know, 30, 40 minutes just to, and you knew, you knew you were going to get back up. And then the people that are doing fire guard. So that night I had, I had one, the one to three shifts. So, I mean, I didn't even get to sleep for those two hours because I was doing, doing that. So that was a pretty brutal night. That was probably the worst night. And then you had to have a whole day the next day of being awake and doing yeah, and then we had PT at, I mean, the whole thing is bullshit, but, yeah, exactly. and then it's actually funny though. I guess we were misbehaved because so whenever you're at your battalion, so there's 
sorry. Yeah, the battalion's five companies, and I was in Delta Company, but you could see the other companies kind of near you. It was the Super Bowl, and this was the only Super Bowl I've never, I've not watched since 2005, the Steelers Seahawks game, 2005, 2006 season. The only Super Bowl I've not watched because I was there. It was the last week of basic training, and I thought that I was like, we behaved, we're graduations like in four or five days. We'll watch it. The company next to us had bleachers out. They had a, a, a projection. You could see this was the Patriots and the Eagles. And you Wait, could see Bowl. them all watching. And it was, unfortunately, didn't see it. I mean, I watched, obviously, I've watched it back and watched highlights. And you could literally see like them in the bleachers watching the game while we're like in formation. And it's freezing at this time. It's February. And you could literally, we were, you know, doing push ups and jumping jacks. And I'm, I'm a football fanatic. I mean, I love football. I've loved football ever since I started watching it that year I just mentioned. So seeing that was just brutal considering I knew that we were almost done. I missed it. Actually, it's funny. The way I kept up with football during basic training was going to church every Sunday. I would, there's people that were there that weren't in basic training at the churches and Joe Sargent's usually left you alone. And they would have their phones and they would tell me, they would show me the scores from the previous week. So I would learn all the scores and, the week mm-hmm. prior. And I I was in fancy football leagues at the time and I had my friends, you know, running it so I like log in and set my lineup. And that's that's kind of how I sneakily did that. Let's yeah, go. it really it really is like when you're not watching the games, like, but you have to get the update. Everything just doesn't make it nothing makes any sense to you at all. I, I remember uh twenty fourteen I went to Thailand uh a little around Christmas and this was when the Panthers were making their run from three, eight and one to seven, eight and one and making the playoffs and eventually it would make the divisional round. Uh, and I just, I would get on, I got on the phone and my dad was like, yeah, you know, they, they beat the Browns. And he, I was like, what happened? He was just like, uh, I, I don't know. They, they outscored them. They, they, <laughs> they had some weird stuff. Like he didn't know what the fuck to say. It was like, there's a, a, a football game. What do you think happened? Wait, the team that won outscored the other team. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. Um, Crazy. All right, so tying into that, um, you said you got into football the 2005-06 season. Uh, yep. Where did you grow up? What team did you support? So I grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Obviously, I think Jack's the only person in this league that's met me personally from what yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I've heard I, of Myrtle Beach before myself. <laughs> I'm sure you've probably been there too. But – um, I've always been a Steelers fan. My dad. Oh my god! I guess, oh my I guess, god! I guess my dad jumped on the bandwagon in the seventies. Is kind of what I'm assuming. He said his neighbors, his parents didn't really watch football, but he would go to his neighbor's house, and that's the team they supported. And I also have family from Newcastle, Pennsylvania. At the time, the Carolina Panthers were in a team, so I guess that's the route he went. And then obviously, I was introduced in the 2005-2006. Uh, year this was big ben's second year in the league and i remember the play i can remember the playoffs like it was yesterday it was i think probably the first game i can remember watching was the Bengals steelers yeah and the wild game uh, kimo von olhoffen shattered carson palmer's leg on like the third play yep and then antoine antoine randall had a throwing touchdown that game and then the second game was probably one of the most memorable games of my life and i was a little kid was the Steelers versus the Colts, where Jerome Bettis, you know, fumbles on the one-yard line. Big Ben makes that, you know, saving tackle to 
basically saved the Steelers' chance that year. And then the kicker for the Colts, I couldn't Mike Vanderjack. Mike Vanderjack, that's it. Couldn't miss the kick, you know, that would have tied the game sent to overtime. And then the Steelers played the Broncos the following week. They beat up them pretty bad. I think at the time they had, I don't think it was Jake Keller, it was the guy before him. Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer, that's it, yep. What a guy. And and then the Steelers played the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, and that's where, you know, Heinz Ward (laughs) caught the game. Heinz Ward caught the pass from Antoine Randall Willie Parker had a really big run. So, I mean, that was my first memory. And then, obviously, I mean, Steelers won the Super Bowl. And then two years later, they beat the Arizona Cardinals with the San Antonio Holmes play at the end. Haven't seen the Super Bowl since then, but at least, yeah. No, they made the Super Bowl two years after that. And then they made the Super Bowl again two years after that, but they lost to the Green Bay Packers. So I I witnessed three three Super Bowls on my favorite team within the first like six, seven years of me watching. And it's crazy to think that they didn't win anything. And I, you know, with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben, but I could go about, I could go on about the 2015 playoffs and how the Steelers should at least been in the Super Bowl, but that's for another time. I don't want to hear from anyone at all complaining about 2015. There's one team that gets to complain about not being the champion in 2015, and I can fucking promise you it is not the dumbass Steelers. I said to the Super Bowl, I didn't say the champions. That's right. We would have fucking clowned the Steelers. Uh, The Steelers should have beat the Broncos, and you would have had that chance. There's that fumble. uh, You had Vontez Burfitt injuring Le'Veon Bell, and I think it was week 17 of the regular season. No, it was early on in the regular season. And then the wild card game where he knocks Antonio Brown out. Panthers legend D'Angelo Williams didn't play against the Broncos. So we had we're out Big Ben's shoulder gets hurt in the wild card game because of Bontez Burfitt. So that guy and the Steelers beat the Broncos in week, I want to say 14 or 15 that that year, that same year they lost him in the playoffs. I Mm -hmm. believe it was Fitz Fitzgerald Toussaint, I believe, is the player that fumbled the game away for the Steelers. It is. He's also known for getting rocked by Jadavion Clowney, one of the most famous plays in college football history. I mean, I truly do believe with a healthy Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, we at least make it to the play to the Super Bowl that year. The Panthers were unstoppable up until the Super Bowl, so I mean, who knows what happened there? I'm glad they beat the Seahawks finally though that year. Y'all did not have uh, y'all did not have Von Miller, so y'all wouldn't have beaten us. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks victory. I, I've said this before, but I the Seahawks victory was arguably more powerful and satisfying that the actual NFC championship game because of the rivalry that had been created over the previous three Absolutely. years and the Panthers could not fucking beat them until we did. Uh, and what's funny is that we, we all thought that Russell Wilson and Cam Newton would both be amazing quarterbacks for a decade straight. And then both have kind of like fallen by the wayside. As a, as a Russell Wilson owner, I, I, I understand the pain. Yeah, I drafted him in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I drafted him in a lot of leagues this year thinking that he was going to turn the Broncos around. And I was really – that's probably my biggest miss this year is Russell Wilson in fantasy football. Well, to be fair, he's like the most – like this Broncos team is probably the most disappointing team of all time in terms of like preseason Super Bowl odds. and Expectations. Then the first year, yeah, like preseason Super Bowl odds, they were like the seventh – most favorite team to win the Super Bowl, and then their head coach is going to get fired in his first year. And Russell Wilson 
it looks like one of like the three worst trades in NFL history. Which is insane because, I mean, Russell Wilson, you know, up until this point was an elite quarterback. Nathaniel Hackett, you know, worked with Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't the easiest guy to please. And he had all, only good things to say about him, you know. They had a top offense for years. Obviously, they had Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and talented players around them. But, I mean, it really did come as a surprise. I mean, I obviously, I drafted Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton as many leagues as I can. And for a while, it looked like Cortland Sutton, you know, had wide receiver one upside even with how bad Russell Wilson was playing but you know his production's fallen off he's missed some games Jerry Judy's gotten hurt and he's had a couple flashes of it but just it was not never the upside and the expectations that you came into the season with about that Bronco this Broncos team right well the thing is too is that we didn't even know before the season that they would have the best defense in the league which they have so like I think they would be. I think the stat was they'd be like nine and two if they just scored eighteen points in every single game, which, I mean, that's. I I would lose my mind if I were a Broncos fan. But also, if I were a Broncos fan, I'd have a Super Bowl championship that I do not have any fucking right to. So, you know, I guess things even out. Uh, all right, Shannon. Question three: Which member of the Channel Four News team do you most relate to? Channel News Four team. The Channel 4 news team from Anchorman. Man. I haven't seen that movie in so long. You got Brick Tamlin. Champ Kind. Will, Will, Will Farrell, whichever one he was. He was Ron I, Burgundy. I love Will Farrell. I'm Ron Burgundy. Are you so are you excited for the new movie Spirited on Apple TV Plus, the Christmas film with Ryan Reynolds and Will Farrell? I am. I haven't been able to watch as many movies. Right now, I've been on the Marvel grind to try to make sure I'm all caught up in Marvel. Okay, well, I've turned into a Marvel nerd, so we can talk Marvel if you want. All right, more well, my speed right now. There's a, I had a movie question coming up later. We'll we'll transfer that to a Marvel one. Question number four. Do you have beef with anyone in the league yet? Not yet, but hey, playoffs, you know, playoff time is coming, and we'll, I might have beef with who I'm playing this week if I don't win this week because this is basically what I need to get in. Well, and you got to get in line. I helped, when... I, I, helped him, I helped him make a win-now move, so he should be nice and, you know, rest all the starters for me. No, being serious, I don't have any beef with anyone yet, but I think I came into this league this year, not really – this is a brand-new kind of concept for me. I've never – I've done auction drafts before, but you guys – I mean, I actually really respect how much you all take seriously into this and – I am in a lot of other leagues, but I'm definitely going to shorten that down, and I'm definitely going to give it my 100% focus next year and try and win it all. Well, I that definitely uh, didn't. Sorry, go ahead. No, like I said, like, yeah, I mean, I just kind of underestimated, like, this league. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing when I drafted the team. So now that I have a year under of experience, I'm, you know, I already have an idea of who my keepers are going to be. And I – I kind of I tried to set myself up nicely for next year is kind of what I'm getting at. And I play a lot of dynasty leagues, so that's kind of the concept there. I kind of treated it like a dynasty league, which I probably shouldn't have. But I really enjoy being in this league, and I'm definitely going to put a lot more time and effort into it next year. And yeah, my problems on that. And the whole league better watch out for that. Um, so that I was going to say that's that's great because question five was, how will your auction strategy be different in 2023? Like how how do you think you'll approach it differently now that you've had 
a year of experience to kind of just get your get your sea legs going? I mean, I think I'm going to be more patient, honestly, because I mean, there's players going at the end, you know, for. I mean, I think Michael Pippen went for like two dollars at the very end. I mean, I was just like blown away. Like, well, he was a keeper, like was so up. it wasn't Pittman. Okay, sorry, but there's players you know you could get at like really good value. So it's just kind of, I mean, it's, it's going to be the same concept as I go into every fantasy league. You know, I have my guys that I want to leave almost every league with, but just more of making sure that I'm getting good value of who I'm selecting at these auction, you know, auction leagues. And making sure that you know they help set me. I'm gonna be more set up to win next year, and how I draft instead of you know focusing on okay, like is this player gonna be able to help me out in two seasons or three seasons? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So that's that, uh, that that's a pretty hard thing to fine line to strike because like if you don't think about about it with fantasy with dynasty mindset to some degree, eventually it's gonna to come to roost where you're not getting the right keepers. And like right. we saw this year, like Daniel was really so well set up because he had Jalen Hurts at twelve dollars. Like nobody oh, else had a no one else had a QB one at twelve dollars. And you got to be able to have people. You got to draft people that you think, you know, at those you know lower auction you know spots that you think have the upside of becoming Jalen Hurts. I, I, I you know. I mean, Trey Lance, I mean, everyone thought, you know, had that kind of upside. I don't know. I'm, I couldn't tell you how much he went for in the league. I'm sure he probably went for a decent amount because, you know, his upside was so high. But even getting him in the next draft couldn't hurt just because you don't know what he could become because, you know, he has the rushing ability, he has the throwing throwing ability. I really didn't think he really got a fair shot this year. I mean, week one against the Bears, I believe it was. Yeah, was that like was a, fucking monsoon. That was a rain, rainy game. So, I mean, I couldn't judge him off that. And I think he gets injured in the next week. So, mm-hmm. that's a player. That's an example of a player like you would want to target, you know, in the later rounds that has the upside to keep for a low price that can eventually become a QB1 or, you know, an RB1. Yeah. It's easy to underestimate the potent power of a QB in this league just because we're starting to everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I mean, my main dynasty league is a two quarterback, and, you know, there's players that would never get rostered in a regular dynasty league, you know, with one quarterback. Or, I mean, literally, I had Colt McCoy on my roster at one point in this league, and that just tells you the most powerful position in this league is definitely quarterback. And obviously, I came into it thinking, okay, I had Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, and I thought Russell Wilson was going to be elite. And I was like, I knew Deshaun – I got Deshaun Watson out of steal the price. And I was like, okay, like, I know Kyler Murray's bye week is the week we're on right now, week 13. I was like, I can just slot Deshaun Watson in, and I still have three QB1s to rotate from. But obviously, with Russell Wilson not being as good as expected, obviously hindered, you know, what I thought was going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, if you were made God commissioner, what rule would you change? Of this league or just in general? Of this league, just whatever rule you would want to institute or change. I mean, I would change it. I'd put on sleeper first off. I put the whole league on sleeper. Um, I, I actually look. I I know Jack was in the sleeper league and he didn't fare very well, so maybe that's why he's salty about that. But I think um, but and I actually looked into that, and you can you can you can't import league history, but you can manually enter it in, like who won and points for and all that good stuff but 
Well, best league, I mean, I don't – there was a rule y'all said earlier that I didn't like. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I think it was – Um, you guys are talking about you can loan players and you can even do that in the playoffs. Is that a, that's allowed nope. in this league? No, I said it's not allowed in the playoffs. Okay, as long as that's – okay. Y'all made it – y'all worded it to where it sounded like you could – like it was a possibility of someone could, could doing that. And I was like – I mean, that would just be ridiculous. But, okay, as long as that – that would be a rule I'd change. But um, right now, I mean, I don't see anything wrong, I believe. Am I, if I'm not wrong, do you, don't you guys get point? Do we get points for rushing first downs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. first downs for everything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get points for rushing first downs. Receiving. Now, I always. I always believe it's zero point five for a catch, and then zero point five for. If you want to earn that full point, you should be able to get the first. It should be a first down catch. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey gets a one yard screen and gets blown up in the backfield, I don't think he deserved a full point for that. So. And then rushing first downs, I mean, you literally just get like a QB sneak from Jalen Hurts or one-yard carry from whoever. So I think just kind of balancing out how like the first down allocation with points would be a rule I would change. Would you be comfortable with sh- – what if we shifted all first downs to half point? Would you? Would that be a change you'd be, accept- you'd be cool with? I'd be cool with that. I still think rushing first downs should amount to anything, but, I mean, I'd be more open. I'd be more – Prone to like that. And some, honestly, players, and some players blow it up. I kind of wish I had studied the scoring things a little better prior to the draft because a player like Derrick Henry comes all more valuable when you get a full point for every single first down this guy gets. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I mean, the, the big thing that I think that our league is different in terms of scoring is just like how valuable like 40 plus yard plays are. Oh, which um, I love that. It's great. Yeah, well, the only time you don't love it is whenever you have a 39-yard play and then you want to kill someone. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're like, you're losing out in like five points. Uh, right. Oops. But yeah, the, the first downs thing, that's an interesting point. We could definitely, uh, we uh, can address that with some Rule Summit stuff in the off offseason. Um, like all right. McCaffrey really can blow that one to the smithereens with like 15 points out of first downs. Oh my God. McCaffrey is just first down machine. Um, right. All right. So, question number seven What's your favorite TV show that you've watched recently? Right now, I'm watching, which I know I'm really late on this game. I'm watching Daredevil right now, and I really enjoy it. Is that the uh, the Netflix one? Yes, the Netflix series, which is on Disney Plus now. But yes, I think okay. it has an amazing villain, uh, Kingpin, Wilson Fish. Wilson I'm on season three right now. I'm on season three, like episode three. So I'm pretty good. Season one fell off. Season two, season season two is okay, and everyone says season three is the best cinematic experience of their life. So okay, I only saw to be determined. Season one was really good. I really enjoyed season one. I thought it was pretty cool. I think Daredevil's an intriguing hero. I mean, guy's blind, and but yet all his senses are increased because of that. So. That's a really good show. That's my favorite show right now, I'd say. I would say, unfortunately, I have not watched because I'm still scarred from watching the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, which oh, man, was yeah. a, a huge piece of shit. Just god-awful fucking movie. Um, question number eight. I was going to ask, what's your favorite movie that you've watched recently? But I, I guess pro- more for, further extended because you said you're on an MCU kick. What got you on the MCU kick, and what so far is your favorite of the MCU movies? Okay, so 
what got me into it. So, I mean, I've always, like, kind of been, like, a fan of it. Like, I would go with my friends and see, like, this movie and that movie. Like, I'd go see, like, I wouldn't saw, like, the original Avengers. I wouldn't, I've always seen all the Spider-Mans. I've always been, Spider-Man and Iron Man have always been my two favorites. But I've always, I was missing movies, so I was missing, like, which the MCU is kind of transitioning into where you don't need to see everything to kind of really understand things. But for anyone that watched phases one, you know, from Iron Man to Endgame, everything kind of pieced together. And my friends, like, you should really, like, invest, you know, into watching everything, you know, kind of in order so you can fully grasp the whole concept. So I just, you know, decided to go back and watch, you know, everything to make sure and going forward that, you know, I don't, I'm not in the theaters, you know, confused out of my mind for like half, half the movie because you know obviously when you understand everything that's going on in the movie and such a broad universe with so many different characters and so many different elements it's pretty important to know what's going on and to the question what my favorite mcu movie is i mean that's tough i mean i really enjoyed spider-man no way home obviously i mean i grew up with Tobey Maguire, spider-man i thought andrew garfield you know did good considering you know the horrible scripts and some of the crap that sony put on him but i mean i thought he did get a spider-man so i thought it was awesome seeing them come back as well as you know tom holland actually not feeling like iron man jr for once and actually having <laughs> real emotion and real like struggle as you know peter parker you know and may dying and you know he stops whole, almost kills green goblin at the end of the avengers and infinity war i'd say is still probably the number one movie in the mc in my opinion just because you have such a compelling villain with Thanos and his grand plan finally comes into play. You know, he succeeds in what he said he was going to do. And I think, it, I mean, I always think it's cool when the villain wins because 99% of superhero movies, they mm -hmm. don't. Then obviously you have the anticipation for a whole year of like what, how they're going to come back. I mean, you know, they're going to come back and win. I mean, it's a super, like, superhero movie at the end of the day. But yeah, the whole anticipation. And I thought, I mean, I liked, I enjoyed Endgame. There's, you know, elite parts of it, but. Some of it was cheesy, and you know, Infinity War just kind of kept you on your toes. Infinity, so it's it's first Avengers, then Age of Ultron, and then Infinity War, and then Endgame. Just from the Avengers standpoint, yes. Okay, right, yeah, I know there's a bunch of different ones in there. Uh, my Avengers yeah. experience is that I watched the first like half hour of the first one on my laptop on Netflix and fell asleep, and I've not watched any since. Uh, and I know that's probably the worst possible experience for it. Um, it's pretty upsetting, but teach their own. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, there's there's still a lot of time to go back and watch them all. Um, so that'll probably happen at some point. I do have to say that your your woke card is potentially being revoked for the fact that you did not say Black Panther was your favorite one. Just so you, know. I did. Well, did you have you guys seen the new Black Panther? I have only see seen the first Black Panther. Well, I've seen both. So who's Who's woke here? Who's not? Do you think that the newer phase Marvel films have fallen off because they're kind of directionless without Absol a thing? Absolutely, like, they fall. They've fallen like, off, but I think I think they're gonna go back and. Have you seen Loki, Jack? I didn't the the series on Disney. No, the series started Moon well, Knight. It's very Loki is setting up what's going to be the next big bad of the MCU, which is Jonathan Majors playing Kang the Conqueror. He's going. He's at the very end of Loki. I'm spoiling it now, I guess. He's going to set up Ant-Man, Quantumania, where his different variants. Wakanda. He wasn't in Wakanda forever, but 
I'm not going to spoil, but the end of Wakanda Forever, you know, sets up the MCU very good. I really enjoyed Wakanda Forever. I mean, there was elements of it I didn't love, but overall, you know, I thought it was a great tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I thought Sherry did a good job. I liked how, you know, obviously we kind of knew she was going to come to Black Panther. I liked how they didn't rush it, and it felt kind of earned for her for her character. And I thought Namor was a great villain. I mean, I really enjoyed, you know, his aspect of things and his world. And he definitely, I think they introduced a series for him coming up. So I'm interested to see where that goes. So, but no, the definitely phase four has definitely fallen off, but I wasn't a super fan until like the year, half a year, half ago. So I'm kind of having to try and stick through it because I want to be a part of, you know, the next end game or the next infinity war, you know, theaters, which like I said, they're setting up, Avengers mm-hmm. Secret Wars and Avengers King Dynasty. So I'm sure they're they'll have Kevin Feige always has a plan on how to create good things in my opinion. I you know, I ever I know like the the main villain or one of the main villain guys is named Namor and Wakanda Forever. And yes. I can't help but like this is probably because like the World Cup's going on. But like every time I hear Namor, I just think it's like Namor, the soccer player yeah, gone like zombie or, or something. No, uh, it's like this. Yeah, he was like a, it's kind of like a knockoff Aquaman almost. But I mean, it was a pretty cool concept of what they did with them. I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder was a god god awful movie. I mean, I mean, it was just basically they. I mean, there's everything in that movie was completely a joke. I mean, literally, they they made cancer a joke in that movie. So I mean, that just tells you they couldn't take anything serious in that movie. Like, so No Way Home was great. I thought. Multiverse of Madness was a pretty good movie. I didn't appreciate how the Wanda just kind of kills the Illuminati within like two minutes, but I mean, I guess that was just trying to make her character stronger. But yeah, I thought Wanda Maximoff was dead. I I watched WandaVision was something I actually watched, but then I guess she's with Doctor Strange or something off in his little mountain thing. I I, I watched some well, of it. She becomes she she becomes the Scarlet Witch in Multiverse of Madness, and then. You kind of have to watch the rest to kind of understand. First of okay. Madness, that WandaVision was kind of wacky because you kind of need to see it. I feel like the first, oh. oh, you have to see well, you have to see WandaVision to understand Multiversal Madness for sure. Yeah. Oh, probably a little yeah. annoying. All right, last question for Shannon: What is the most underrated food in your opinion? Hmm. Most underrated food. You know, just because I had some yesterday, I'm going to go with fried pickles. Fried pickles. Fried, pick, fried pickles are great. Those are rated. It's, 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 but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how everyone perceives them. So I'm trying to think of something I like that others don't. Huh. You know, if it's made correctly, meatloaf also is a really underrated food. I've had some really good. I've had some really good meatloaf, and a lot of people give it shit. And I'm like, like I've had some bomb meatloaf. I I think that's a great answer, honestly. Like, good meatloaf, a lot of people fuck with. But the problem is that like, there's so many different iterations of meatloaf that inevitably you get stuck with some shitty meatloaf, and it taints your opinion of it. Your ability to try. One time I tried a barbecue sauce, and it was so so good. So I mean, definitely be open to that as well. I, they should all add barbecue sauce on them instead of that dumbass ketchup. Yeah, I like barbecue. Ketchup's all right. Ketchup. 
like a it's like a C or B tiered condiment. It's no ranch. It's not. It's also if either one of y'all like blue cheese, you might as well end this call right now because that's the most disgusting. I don't like blue cheese or ranch. I don't think either of us actually. Reed might like ranch now. No, no. I mean, I like. I mean, I like to dip my like wings and blue cheese every now and then. But I, I mean, usually I like the the wings just by themselves. Shan, I, I mean, Shannon, though, I guess he will not be. He won't be dipping his wings in the blue cheese. No, I'm, I accidentally put blue cheese on a salad once, and it was probably one of the worst experiences of my life, tasting that travesty of whatever that is. Well, Mold. your first mistake was eating a salad. True. Correct. You could have saved yourself a whole lot of heartache just eating a fucking hamburger. Well, this is, I, was, I, was, I was a little kid. This is a pizza hut. You know, I started off with a salad, then I you know, devoured some pizza. I was a fat little chubby kid, so, I mean, don't worry. I got my pizza in, too. Makes sense. You got to get your nutrients in before all that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But all right. Thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on and let yourself be introduced to the league. Jack, thank you for coming on as well to to aid Shannon into, into everything. And thank you to all of you listening. I'm sure every single league member is listening to this. And this is probably your fifth time playing it on repeat because you just love the podcast all that much. <laughs> Thanks to everyone. And we will see you next time. Chat.